gather your snifters. Do you drink? I do enjoy a snifter report at Christmas. Head to your cellar and dust off those whales. As now ye might whale. It's tasting day at the Canning Run Podcast. Tight, 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 yeah! And we're doing our first ever podcast beer share. Never drink another beer. Beer here. I'll take ten. Welcome to all of our guys, gals, and those in between. This is episode four of the Canning Run Podcast. This week we are going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, we are going to have a beer share. Finally, we've been able to tackle Corona, and we've been able to get together in my backyard to have some beers together and experience some time together. I'm so excited to spend time with Justin and Tom, uh, and I hope they're excited to see me. We'll see. Um, But ultimately, we're here. We're going to be drinking 10 beers, and we're going to be talking about them. Welcome to Canning Room Podcast. Hell yeah. Welcome to all of our friends. Uh, It is I again, Tony. Tom. Justin. And we are doing a bit of a change up today. We're having our first share. Uh, so this episode is freeform. We yes. have 10 beers. 10 delicious beers, Tony. And we will be drinking them all to completion. Yeah. So this is actually, interestingly enough, where the whole idea of this podcast came about. Yeah. The beer share. And yeah. the only so, reason we've been doing it differently is because COVID has fucked us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, interestingly enough, we were just talking about it. Uh, we were we were supposed to do a beer share literally the Monday after kind of everything shut down. Yeah. So Friday the thirteenth, everything shut down, and then our beer share was supposed to be Monday. And I'm a very tentative and nervous freak show, and said I'm not coming. <laughs> and we said we could put it off for a few weeks. Yeah, and that was before. That was when I still had to go to work. So I was like, "This really sucks." Now, now I still have to go to work, and I can't even drink beer with my friends. So. That's when we thought we were going to be <laughs> locked down for two weeks. Yeah, and, it's and here been we are, four months later. Four months. And yeah. uh, totally. Honestly, normal. we have a better lineup than we had that night. We had shit that night. Yeah, we oh, were yeah. just clearing out the cellars, but we broke out the special stuff for today, dude. Special occasion. Some yep. some whales have been brought, starting with uh, Cool Ship Bardis. This one is, well, let me grab the bottle. Uh, I, I believe bottled in 2010, February 11th, 2010. <laughs> so this is over a decade old. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, whale, right? Yeah, like, that is we, the definition. Like, not to be the yeah. pretentious beer snob, but like, <laughs> oh, who, who brought this beer? <laughs> uh, yeah, who brought this? It's pretty good. <laughs> no, who brought it's... this 10-year-old shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, God. so this is a... Uh, Allagash Cool Ship, uh, which, as we all know, I gush over to begin with. Uh, and it is aged on cherries. So Ooh. so this is a spontaneously f- fermented... Spontaneously fermented ale aged on cherries. So this would be like the, the American equivalent of a creek. Yeah. I, I think... I guess so, right? Yeah. Yeah. By definition, you would think. Yeah. It, yeah. it might not be as fruity. Maybe not as many cherries, just it, by looking at it. I don't know. And it doesn't but, have, like, that red hue that you sometimes get. It's, yeah, it's exactly. It's definitely a, a little 
Well, it's it's the color of what I would imagine a sour beer to be. Yeah, exactly. Amber. Ooh, smells cheers, unbelievable. Cheers, boys. Yes, cheers. Cheers. It's nice to be together. It is. My, I think my favorite thing about this beer so far, without even drinking it, really, even though I had, I have had a sip and it's delicious, Whoa. is that it's like pre-craft beer hype. Like this existed. Yeah. This like this is like like a baby that like grew up to be Superman but never figured it out. <laughs> it's it's crazy that Allagash has been doing cool ships that long. Yeah. Uh, years before <laughs> they were the first, right? Yeah, they were the first, I, they were the first in, in uh, yeah, I think so, in the U.S. Uh, so really, a testament to how ahead of the game they were. Yeah, and how dedicated they were to the style. I know, and, and the brewing practice. They just <laughs> knock just, it out of the park. They're like, we're not even going to fuck with spontaneously fermented beers unless we have a cool ship. And yeah, that's what started this cool ship series. And, and they're the only ones making, like, old-world-style beers for the longest time. Ten years old. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable to think about. Yeah. How did you get it? How did you... Uh, back uh, back when I was in the industry. Ah, got a little, industry uh, time. Special industry treatment on a trip up to Portland. And uh, me and a few other uh, of my coworkers had gone up. And their hospitality manager is just the absolute best. And... Okay. Um, you know, we of course brought stuff up from uh, the brewery we worked at, and uh, he reciprocated, and really, really hooked it up. So yeah, clearly wow. got a few more of these in the <laughs> cellar. So next share. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, first off, like that funk is there. Yeah, that that cool ship funk that you get from their specific like wild yeast mm-hmm. is there. But it's like very, it's like very subtled. It is subtle. Also, I, I feel like the cherries are not in your face, which I kind of like. And this might be a little blast, blast for me saying this, but sometimes creeks are a little too in in my face. Yeah. For for my liking. Um, the tartness of the cherry and the acidity of the beer itself. Yeah. It can I, sometimes be a lot. I'm not. A, I'm not a sweets guy. Yeah. You know. So this, I, I'm a big funk guy though. So this is, you know, mellow funk. Uh, you get a little, you know, fruity characteristics, but it's been 10 years, so you can't expect it to be that fruity anyway at that point. So, uh, you know, I think it, it's kind of like what happens with like a like a um, cellar aged bourbon barrel stout, like it kind of like some of the harshness of the like the the booziness of the bourbon kind of smooths out over time. I've found with some of those beers, yeah. but I've never this is the oldest uh sour i've ever had yeah same actually <laughs> by <Yep>. far probably. <laughs> yeah yeah it might be for me too i actually i think it is might be one of the oldest beers i've ever had like yeah. straight up i think it might be the oldest beer i've ever had yeah i don't know if i've ever had a beer that's over 10 years old the only other one i can think of was that uh that stout that you had it was like a 2014 bcbs i think or 2013 oh 2012 2012 yeah 2012 yeah that's that's Nice, nice memory. I, I couldn't even remember that we had that. But that's that, delicious. That, that's what made, made that me. That was think, very good. Yeah, that's what made me think of like this, the smoothness of that beer. Like, and it still had a lot of flavor for something that was that old. No, I, I agree. It, the things that are intense that you that you pick up on first, like mellow out, and so you just get a melange of flavors that you wouldn't normally get with something that has like really bright texture, because it's so barrel fresh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's, it's kind of like chili. It's like this, though. <laughs> this, like the, the subtlety, like it really breaks down like that intense uh, uh, sour burn that you kind of would get from something that would be more vibrant, a little bit younger. I'm not scared of getting heartburn from this. No, no. And I feel like when you have the those beers that are brewed, you know, very high quality and, and a lot of integrity in their brewing practices, you know, with the, of course, depends on the style, but the Lambic style and the barrel aged stouts, they, they do last 10 years. And of course, they change and evolve, but they don't get worse. They just get different. And like this, I, I think, I don't know if this is right or not. I associate kind of the funk that I'm tasting a lot with the um, the aged hops, just kind of getting a good whiff of those sometimes uh, during the brewing practice, kind of, I don't know if right or wrong, but it it's, makes me associate this funk with that, and you know, I'm a big fan of that, so. Um, yeah. And any beer that can last that long is something special. I mean, I, I noticed my first like, uh, IPA that had the hops fall off. It was a beer I was familiar with, and it was like devastating to drink a beer that it's like <laughs> that's like three months old based on the can date. Yeah, but it drinks just like completely differently. It's like, yeah, like not that, enjoyable. That hop vibrancy goes away, and all you're kind of left with is like some of that malt. Yeah, it's yeah. a malt bomb. Yeah, it turns Gross. into a malt bomb, and it's just like a mouthful of like that, and sometimes booze, and then that's oh. the worst. That's the worst of it all is when like all of that, all of that like vibrant tropical I'm talking about New England IPA specifically but all that like bright tropical flavors from the hops completely disappears and you have the malt bomb and worst case scenario it's like a triple IPA <laughs> and, and it's, it's 12%. like 14, yeah 12 to 14 percent alcohol and you're just tasting that 12 to 14 percent alcohol and it's just like the worst of all worlds I used to not believe in that like in the <laughs> hops like falling off I was like oh it's just like they just want to sell more beer but then like it's so depressing when you, uh, back when we were, or at least you let the um, beer trading charge and, you know, hooked us up with the, the best IPAs. But when we were really going after one that was, you know, typically Treehouse. And, of course, you know, we couldn't make the trip out one of those days. And, and we get it like a month later. Uh, and there's all that hype and excitement. And, like, it's faded off after a month. That's just so disappointing. Yeah. And that's what kind of sucks about trading in general, unless you, like, set up something that, like, is, like, immediate, you know? Yeah. You're getting old beer, too. Yeah, exactly. Because in order to make it worth the price of sending these packages, which comes out to, for me, every time it seemed to come out between, like, $15 and $17, every single package. Yeah, exactly. So, in order to make it worth your while you like save up like a month or two months worth of beers and then you send them out to your partner who's doing the exact same thing because you got to get the dollars right. It's got to be even. <laughs> dollar for dollar. You know, dollar for dollar. Yes, that is literally in the forums. Y'all know it. Like, <laughs> in order to make it worth your while, you save up so that it's like 10 to 14 beers for 10 to 14 beers or whatever it is. If you get a bottle thrown in there, it's like one bottle and eight cans, whatever. In order to like make it work out, you wait and then by waiting, it's not worth it. You're getting these shit IPAs. I, I learned that early on and I stopped getting IPAs. Yeah. Because yeah. I would just get like, you know, Goza's, you know, lacto fermented sours, barrel aged stouts, obviously, stouts, because yeah. those things could stand the test of time and still come back and be worth your while. 
but I'd be always sending out treehouse IPAs. <laughs> oh yeah. So like you know no like that's what they wanted. Those but, poor like, bastards didn't even know what fresh treehouse tasted like, and they still would give up anything for it. Yeah, okay. and they still dished out like four or five ratings like across the board on Untapped. Thousand percent every because time because it was tough to get. Even oh, yeah. beers, even beers that were past you know six months, I'd I'd see still with that type of rating. And there's no way you're getting that from a six month aged no. beer that should have been drank four months ago. It's that ninety day, a that ninety few, day catch. Yeah, ninety. But even then, in all honesty, and I, I I'm not the kind of person that says you need to drink it in the first week. Because I don't think that's totally true, and I think for a lot of the treehouses and trilliums and, and those kind that you know we have easiest access to, it's the first few days. It's a little green still. Yeah. Um, and they they tell you that. But you know when it's right. You yeah. know when it's best because it's we've all had it. It's it's. But we've had the best. Oh like, yeah, we've like had, we've the had best. it at like peak yeah. perfection. When you have <laughs> treehouses green, like five days after canning. That's the top. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. the top for the New England IPA. Yeah, especially if that's like one that's of your first. Top. If that's one of your first experiences with one of those styles of beer, it's like you're gonna be chasing the dragon. Yeah. After that, it no, really that's what is, that's yeah. what made it the worst for me was that the first like craft beer, and I'm using air quotes here, was Juice Machine by Treehouse. Yeah. Yeah. That was my introduction into in, into craft beer was Juice Machine by Treehouse. Like. One of the most sought-after IPAs in the world. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and this was Munson Juice Machine, which meant it was, like, dialed in for years and, like, perfection. Yeah. So I was chasing the whale the entire time. <laughs> you never going to Until I finally it. gave up. Yeah. I finally gave up chasing the whale because you'll, you'll never find it again. Your palate expands. You get more and more and more, you know, and before you know it, you've tried like 2,500 different types of beer <laughs> and you've logged all of them because you have to get those fucking fake points. Need the and, uniques. And, 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 and you're like, what am I doing with my life? I can't sleep. I know. <laughs> and that's the journey. That's my specific journey from 2015 <laughs> to you know, 2019, 2018, 2019, 2019. Yeah, I feel like beginning of 2019, we're still... Yeah, late 2015. I don't want to give myself credit. Uh, at the same time, I feel like, uh, and I was thinking about this actually on the way here, what was the beer that really, like the first actual craft beer I had? Uh, and I think it was Bee Hoppy from Wormtown, um, which, like, that counts, right? Yeah, I think it counts. A thousand percent. Back when um, they were selling out of peppercorns. It was a super tiny brewery. Yeah, and I got a growler of Bee Hoppy senior year of college. And, I, you know, senior college just housed it. And I was like, oh, this is really good, and, you know. That might be one of the first from, like, a, like a microbrewery that's that small. Yeah. That, like, doesn't put in distro. I had it, too. I think you came with us, actually. Well, I, I had it even earlier. Of course, yeah. Wait. Only because, like, uh, I was uh, an orientation leader. Right. And this guy went there and got a growler of it and was sharing it amongst the other orientation leaders so that's the only reason why I haven't had it I didn't even appreciate it then I'm like this is shit wow uh, it's funny because <laughs> I'm sitting there drinking bush lattes that's see, thinking that's I'm true. the man <laughs> I went right back to the bush lattes too but you know at the time I remember saying this is really good but I don't know if it's 
I don't know if that was just like craft beer douchiness in me coming out that early without me even knowing it and just being like, oh, I paid money for this and it came in a growler, so it's got to be good. Well, I, I appreciated it because it is like, it's a, it's a decent beer. Yeah, yeah in, in all honesty, and I think I mentioned this um, when we talked about New England IPAs, but kind of one of those beers that stayed true over the last five years to its style hasn't changed yeah. much. And no. it's its own thing. It's like Solid. it doesn't. It doesn't try too hard to be like one of these New England style IPA. It's really not. If you no. ask me, it's like it's I not, think it's what's it? It's probably classified as an American IPA. It's an American IPA, but it's, it's American like, IPA before American IPA was like a catch-all for everything. Yeah. Right. It's certainly not a West Coast because it's not like punching you in the face with pininess. Yeah. But it, it is an American IPA. It's like got some fruit, some pine. It's a nice mesh in between. Not necessarily something that's super crushable, in my opinion because it does have a little bit more of that pine. But uh, when I had, and they actually came out with a uh, Don't Worry. So, you know, Don't Worry and Be Hoppy. Don't Worry, pretty crushable. I have not had that. I, You know what? Next time I'm going to bring one. I might have brought Is one. Is it a actually. session? Um, I, I don't think, I think it's just a New England IPA hmm. that's uh, not obnoxious. That which, sounds wonderful. Which yeah, is tough to find these days. Uh, yeah, it's classified as a New England IPA, and it's crushable. Okay. It's uh, 5.8% alcohol. You, you're telling me you can crush, I mean, 5.8% with the, you know, it's not going to be total hop flavor, but it's a crushable New England IPA. They, they do good stuff there. I mean, I used to I used to kind of shit on Wormtown. But oh, I definitely did. Well, when we started no, drinking Treehouse, we turned into douchebags, and that's yeah. when we started shitting on... Like the lesser goods, like places like Cold Harbor, we always loved and we always yeah. held in high esteem. Places like, you know, for, and, and sorry again, guys, just another asterisk. We are from New England. We drink a lot of New England beer, so we will talk about mostly New England breweries. Send us an email. Um, <laughs> but remember when we first started going to like Medusa, and they were really cool just because of like the space was really cool. Right. But also, they were very anti New England IPA. Like for the longest time, they didn't go into the fad. Which were like, at the time I hated. Yeah, I thought it was stupid, but now I'm like, that's a real brewery. Yeah, they <laughs> stay know? true to the. And they're brewing. still around. Yeah, and they're still brew- brewing like Schwarz beers. Wormtown's crushing it. Yeah, and, and it's a good. It, just to go off of what you said, they're very true to like what they do. Like they embrace. They'll, they'll put out like Dunkin' Donuts porters and like. Yeah, uh, the tape. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, this is this hey. is probably the height of my cells yeah. craft beer snobbiness. I remember they came out with a Wormtown came out with a tabletop uh, collab. I was hoping you'd tell the story because I was going to tell it if you didn't about. Oh me. yeah, no, I, I had to because this was this was height douchery for me. Uh, and I think it was a pumpkin pie. Yep. Uh, table talk. It was collab. pumpkin pie. And I, I remember I saw it on Instagram and I sent it to Tony and I said, try harder. Yeah. Oh. And but those two words have stuck with me the and, whole time. And we laugh about it. I would a have, lot, I would have but, killed to try that beer. <laughs> uh, in all honesty, but like what <laughs> at the time because Wormtown didn't get the hype, but like if the Veil did that, I would have been like, oh my god, they're so genius. Yeah. Uh, but because like, like That's and the they hypocrisy. were just screwing around. Like, That's the hypocrisy, though, it is because the hypocrisy. like because the veil is looked at as like artists and and uh, wherever we're talking about Wormtown. Wormtown. Yeah, Wormtown for some reason we consider is just like this like sellout, even though they haven't. Yeah. No, I know. I would uh, because they go with Duncan. That's just good marketing. Yeah, did they go with Duncan? Oh, did yeah. they do that? Yeah, they, they they've the, done they've done 
even a I think a like a barrel aged Dunkin'. They did stout. a barrel aged version. I'm pretty sure they did. So it. they took that base beer and barrel aged it. Uh, yeah, and I had it at their. Uh, it was like a either a Christmas or a New Year's thing. Oh yeah, it was the Dunkin' Dark. Yeah, they did something like that. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was not dark. Dee Dee Dark. Yeah, really, dark. It was pretty good for like for one of their stouts. <laughs> I, I've actually. It's okay. Yeah. You know, in my A day, I would have called it thin. Oh, and definitely. I already, I already chastised myself for talking about that when we talked about stouts. Oh yeah. But I love chastising I like ourselves for uh, our our previous selves. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I, well, we've all been there. Oh yeah. We've all been on this journey together, like steadily. I feel like you never like became a douche. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we, especially me. Super douchey. I was not far behind you, though. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to give you some more credit because <laughs> I like you a lot more than I like myself. <laughs> I just got sick of opening Untapped and looking up beers, and but I will say this, and, and I actually thought about this at uh, the liquor store the other day. Was like, Untapped is actually a great way to pick out beers if you're trying to like hit home runs every time you try something new. But that's it's how cool. you used it, which is genius. Right. Yeah. I don't. Lo- I don't log. I don't like logging beers, just for the. I mean, it's not that I don't like doing it. I just, like, I'm not big on, like, using apps on my phone for, like, very specific things like that. But as far as looking up beers, like, it's a wicked useful tool. And I think, like, anyone who's in craft beer should utilize, like, Beer Advocate and Untapped. No, I I think it's brilliant because you would go to a, you'd go to a packy, a liquor store, and you would, a place like us, for those who don't know, if you don't live in the area, we have this liquor store called Julio's. It's incredible. They have an insanely nationally recognized, yeah, actually, nationally recognized selection. like uh, liquor store, and their beer department is incredible. And the guys who work there are also incredible. Yes, but there are at least thousands of beers. Oh yeah, right? and, yeah. and you can you can get singles again as of like a couple weeks ago. Oh, it's incredible. So yes. like for, for going in, knowing that there's thousands of beers there. Okay, there's beers that we've had, there's beers that we haven't had. If you want to get the most bang for your buck, use Untapped. Yeah. Because even that like mentality of like, you know, everyone's giving it a 4.5, so I am. You don't get that in distro though. But you don't Yes, you do. Well, I, do what I mean beers. by that not is as you much. don't you don't have the because it's not difficult to get. There's I I feel like there's a range where it's like if it's an IPA that you had to wait in line for, automatically add people add like 0.5 almost at least 0.25 to that rating but for distro because it's not sought after i feel like you have a truer idea of what you're getting and, the, and there's a bigger I could pool be wrong there's always exceptions i in- i think you're i think you're mostly right except for the things that come in really limited on distro that's true like remember when we went out and all of us were like really excited to get those stouts from um Total Jackie wine? O's. Jackie O's. Oh, right, yeah. Right? All of us got all three of them, and we, we, we talked about yeah. this in hindsight. Each of us could have gotten the one, and we could have just shared it. Instead, we all bought the three. Anyway, spent 40 bucks each. Yeah, spent 40 bucks a person, when we could have just spent 40 bucks collectively. Yeah. But that has had higher ratings because it was limited distro. That's true. Um, and, and you can get that type of stuff at Julia's, and uh, especially if you know the days where they get shipments in. So that, to me, that's what I mean. Like, you can find stuff that is higher rated, and you're probably that's not going to find anything that's 4 or 5 uh, at, at, at Julio's or in Distro, but sometimes, you know, like those 4 to f- four threes, you oh, can yeah. find them. Yeah. And, and, like, using it as a tool to get that is, is genius. That's all. And, and I didn't use it last time I went to the liquor store because now I just, like, 
it's less about like trying the best beers and just trying the beers that sound like the most interesting or the most appealing to me. Or the beers you just like that you've exactly. had and you like. Like I know I like maple stouts. Hell yeah. So if I see a maple stout that has like either a cool cane or it's by a brewer that I like, I will probably pick it up if I haven't had it because why the hell not? You yeah, know? I I I agree. And, with that. and even if it's bad, then it's like. I've learned something about that brewery that maybe I'll stay away from their stouts and just keep getting their IPAs or whatever it is. But like, you're not letting FOMO dictate no your beer selection. No, and that Which, is catastrophic. There's a purity to that, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're making an active choice based off of what you see, as opposed to like what you hear or what you think you know. And there's a lot of think you know going yeah. on in, in beer. So much in beer culture. You know. You yeah. know? I know this one general thing about this one general thing, so that applies to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I make these inferences. That's that's a great point, actually. Just the generalization that goes on among all craft beer drinkers. Not all, but a lot how it's, you know, you have one super hazy New England IPA and you instantly have to compare that to other New England IPAs you had or other similar styles when... There, they could be like they, the intention was probably to make something totally different, but we're just narrowing it down to this. Oh well, they're both New England IPAs. They're both clearly trying to do the same thing, which is just a generalization that might not be true. Yeah, and what makes it weird to me is that like these are the conversations that you have over and over and over to the point where you're like meeting someone in line at Treehouse or Trillium or somewhere else where you're like waiting in line, Tilted Barn, to get something, and you're like. Someone says something that piques your interest, so you start having a conversation, and I've, and we've all overheard a lot of things while waiting in line for beer. <laughs> but like, it's almost like these guys get on these like soliloquies where they're they're saying these things that they've said clearly a thousand times before, and I'm certainly guilty of this. And like, it's almost like they're trying it out. And it's like the more I practice this conversation about this beer or about this style or about this thing I know, like the the more like cred I'm getting, you know, like the more clout I'm getting, and and that's what. That maybe that's just me being really negative because I, I am very negative, um, but that's almost how I read it. Like, what what is this? Why why are you like practicing out this thing that I've heard from ten different people all just saying the same thing? Trying to impress everyone. Yeah, you know, it's weird it's, though. It's this. Not only are we because this is how you you're all gonna get that same beer, and somebody needs to elevate themselves because it's turned into. If you can't elevate yourself by saying you had one beer that this person didn't. And, you know, say you're in line for Juice Machine. You can't say, oh, well, I'm going to have Juice Machine. So you have to go back six months and be like, oh, well, I had Morning Delight. And, uh, you know, it's <laughs> rated uh, four or five on Untapped and Beer Advocates. Well, so. then, they'll, then they'll say to you, have you ever, have you ever have, heard of Topping Goliath? Yeah, exactly. Have you, you, know? have you? Oh, you haven't had it? Oh, well, I've had it a few times. And then the person <laughs> they're talking to says one of two things. No, which if they say no fuck yeah you're a badass or they'll say well I've heard of it but I haven't really had anything from them yeah what is that retort yeah why do we feel so compelled to like not feel defeated when we're conversing I know and you just have to you have to everybody gets so defensive (laughs) Um, it's insane it's insane and it's funny thinking about it now also because here we are and I mean this is really what brought us or me close to you guys drinking beer and like this is what it's about not being like hey tony justin have you guys had the 
2008 BCBS coffee variant because I have. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, <laughs> basically that's oh, just a way of saying I know you haven't had this beer. I'm better than you. Yeah. Suck my balls, pretty much. It's, it's like it's yeah. like craft beer privilege. It's like the it, craft beer privilege. <laughs> it's it's I, rude as fuck. I honestly, <laughs> it uh, is. There were times where, when I would get access to, um good beers just from where I worked and I would be afraid to tell you guys because I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to come across as a douche to be like hey by the way I had this dope beer from the bale oh my god I it's funny that you say this because I must have like somehow imprinted this onto you because I used to get so fucking pissed off yeah it's part of the reason <laughs> like, why I was afraid to tell you like, oh god like you would log them on untapped and I'd be like oh <laughs> fucking Tom had something from like Degard. What the hell, man? You know, and it's just like it's so funny. It's a real thing. Yeah, it is. That like I had to grow out of as a grown man. <laughs> about my one of my best friends drinking a liquid. <laughs> you know how afraid I was to lug Canty on one time. <laughs> I was petrified. <laughs> Oh, oh god, you, that's you so like, embarrassing. Your fingers like shaking over the untap button. You're like, should I do it? Like, I want my friends to know, but I don't want anyone to be mad that's, at me. That's the <laughs> other thing, and I think that's part of why I untapped is this weird thing where it's social. You log it's the it's worst so, parts of social media. Exactly, and like, I don't think I ever log. I, I, I definitely did for some to be like, hey, look what I had, but never. It was more like a, I like to keep track of what I've... Because to a certain extent, it was like Pokemon. Try to catch them all. Yeah. You know? You got to get all 150. Yeah. Um, except, you know, in this case, thousands and thousands of beers. <laughs> you got to get all 1 million. All 1 million. That um, just continues to grow every yeah. second of every day. It's uh, it's expanding faster than the universe, actually. So. We're making a good point, though. Like, maybe Untapped needs to create a feature where you can either go public or private. Because I would, that's I would probably idea. do everything private. I mean, yeah. well, if that's the case, you could just unfriend everybody and have like a. That's a good. That's a good point. Which is, which at the You're same time, you're taking away like, the social nature of it. Yeah, yeah, and I at the same time I liked looking at what you would drink or what you well, you didn't really use it much anyway, well, but what some of my friends would drink. If and, we're going back to using it as a tool, though, like like yeah. you have, you can see in real time if the person's had it. So That's, when you're doing beer shares, you, you're like you're guaranteeing that you're for the most part coming with something that other people haven't had. You know who's great at that too is Will because he knows we've had so much beer. So yeah. whenever we have a share, he will look at our on taps and be like, "Okay, these guys haven't had this. Like, gonna drop <laughs> this baby on him." It's like, "Oh damn, you're like yeah." That's that's very nice. I appreciate that. Is very that. considerate. That is very considerate. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but basically what I've learned from this is that, Justin, you're a responsible adult and, adult and Tony and I are children. That could not be farther from the truth. So. <laughs> <laughs> I am just like, yeah. We're not a small goo goo gaga baby. Not, not think, anymore. I think not when, you guys, when you guys get into stuff, you just you get into it hard. and that, that... Yeah, we have addictive personalities. We certainly do. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I think it's just... It's just part of our culture now is like the gamification of everything. Like, yeah. Like, to, you, oh, you're, you're earning points and gas by buying tomatoes at Stop and Shop. It's like <laughs> everything, everything is like a way of getting something else. So, like, you log in on Untapped, it's like you're getting like information about your own beer taste. You're getting street cred from other beer drinkers. You're getting like, you're getting this platform that gives you uh, insight into what others, other people think about the beer. So, 
it's just like it, it is it's, it's a tool that has to exist but at the same time just like Facebook it's a tool that is that gets turned into some other sort of shit that comes with a lot of negatives with yeah. more negatives than, than positives in my opinion I, I feel like the people that when you don't and this is getting into a much larger societal societal <laughs> issue to be honest, oh, but when you have access to that uh when you don't need the information that you have access to, you tend to abuse it. Yeah. In a weird way, where it's just like, oh, I don't need, uh, you know, I, I don't know, anything like that. We're like Facebook or untapped. It's like, we don't, anything in excess, we abuse. Yeah. Um, but should I don't be, know, we should, uh, yeah. next, next beer. Next All beer. Right. What's on the list? Any, anyone know? Uh, up next is uh, the Prairie Stout. All right, so next up we are drinking the Prairie Artisan Ales Stuffed, which is a imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels with vanilla, cacao nibs, and Oreos with artificial flavor added. Oh. Gotta love that artificial flavor. See, this is, I, I'm, I haven't even taken a sip yet. Dude, uh, it smells, it smells like amazing. It does, um, it smells like prairie. And I'm, I'm, but this is the thing I'm curious about because part of this is what I hate uh, from like you added Oreos and artificial flavor, but Prairie is somebody that I feel like still nails it. Yes. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So I while well, you guys take your first sip, you already took a sip. All right. All right. All right. This boy took a sip. That carbonation it like dances on your tongue. It's very weird for a stout. Did you get that at all? Yeah. It's like yeah, it's bubbly, little bubbly. But the Oreo cookie flavor is really good on the back end. Uh, mine, my first sip was pretty boozy. I feel like that sometimes, like, what's the ABV on that? Uh, let's see. It is not listed on the Ooh, bottle. That's illegal. I don't know. Is it? I thought it was. Oh, no, no. It is 14.8%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, Jesus I figured, Christ. And I feel like going from, like, typically for, I don't know, for me at least, like the first sip of a super high ABV stout, all I get is booze on the first sip. Which yeah. is weird. Like, the next one will be delightful, I hope. But Well, this it, one's it, been in that bottle for a while, right? Yeah, it's uh, the so date. For an, an, it's an aged adjunct stout. I don't know if it's really aged. I, th- I can't even read. <laughs> now I can't read the date. It's like 3, uh, three ten. I think it's from this year, so I don't think it's more than three months old. 2020? Be, I don't think so. Could be wrong. Okay. Could I feel be. like we both got them at the same time. Maybe. I think it's from last year. But, but yeah, I, I, a lot of the reviews said it was pretty boozy. On untapped, so, and I, it's not as boozy as I thought. Do it you guys be. agree though? It's like very like true to to Prairie. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely true to Prairie. You know, like this is like their base. There, in despite it being super decadent, it's not sickeningly viscous, which is something that like I really credit Prairie for when they, you know, really take that dessert stout and and make it not a nightmare to drink. Yeah. The one thing about prairie stouts I usually don't like, and that's why I was kind of surprised with that carbonation, because I thought it was spice, and it was not. Like a lot of their stouts, they use like spices. Yeah. And, like caps. yeah, the the bombs and then the birthday like, the bomb, Christ- Christmas bomb. Literally, I like has Chris- listed spices. I like yeah, Christmas bomb. I think I think I could be wrong. I think birthday bomb has cayenne pepper in it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Bomb Which in is- general has pepper. Super funky. I, not, I love that. I, I love fan. that about that. I'm not a fan. They did not a fan. No. Prairie did an interesting thing where they took the base beer and then they 
had just it was like a one adjunct version of bomb they broke it into they the broke uh, it yeah, into the four i remember that which was really kind of cool that is cool did you get those uh i think i did yeah because all of them came through distro and they were at uh the dive bar oh uh, okay yeah yeah I think yeah. And every time I'd go, I'd like try a new one because they'd usually have one on there. It was like uh, one of my coworkers traded for them. That's what I'm thinking. It was like, uh, yeah, because they sold them at four packs too, which is brilliant. Yeah. It's like what coffee, cacao, cacao, cocoa, uh, vanilla probably. The, oh, vanilla for sure, and then maybe not even cocoa. Then coffee, vanilla, um, pepper. Was was there a pepper one? Peppers in all bombs. No, I know. I wasn't sure if there was just a strictly pepper. They did a strictly pepper one. Yeah, Ugh. that one was the least enjoyable in my opinion. Wow. Because you kind of need the sweetness to balance out the heat. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. I forget the last one. Might be coconut, but, you know, send us an email if we're wrong. <laughs> Canningrunpod at gmail.com. That's right. I love Prairie's art. They've been killing it with their art on the bottles lately. Like, they, they've always been great with their... They have like all of their bottles are pretty much like the same themes. They must have a single illustrator do all their their artwork, but it's always like very. There's stuff you you can like find very funny things in all their bottles. They're, I love their artwork. Yeah. I, I think that's you know something that we haven't discussed at all because it really doesn't have anything to do with beer, the actual beer, but right. the artwork and the image that breweries build with their artwork is. It's really cool. Yeah. And, like, like, it's kind of talked about. And, like, I know it's, you know, it's definitely talked about, especially with the, you know, the can collectors, which we've all been there, of course, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, like, they each have an image. And theirs is weird. It's yeah, just no. weird shit on the bottle, and I love yeah. it. But uh, Prairie is, like, goofy, but also, yeah. like, eat, like their, their text is, like, very, like, country, like, and they're from Oklahoma. Yeah. Or, I so. actually love when breweries do a collab and they like the artists I don't know if the artists collab like their respective label artists or if they um the one brewery who's actually releasing that beer kind of looks at the other brewery style and comes up with it but I love when they uh kind of mesh that together for a collab yeah I I don't I haven't seen that a whole lot I've like I, I know Finback does collabs all the time and they they're very like true to their canning label style which I I love it but Trillium knocks the artwork game. Like, I, I Trill Bomb, their collab with Prairie. Okay. Uh, it, like, I don't know how you can compare, like, combine Trillium's artwork with Prairie because it's the most two opposite artworks, really, possible. Uh, but well done. Yeah. What's interesting is that right now there's, like, this trend going around where breweries are, like, switching their recipes. Have you seen that? No. no. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's like, and I'm getting this wrong too, but Hoof Hearted has this Conky Dong IPA uh, that they've had for forever, and, they, and and other breweries have been making Conky Dong with like the same can art and everything, just with like a different brewery name on it. It's have, really interesting. Have people like what? attested to how true it is to the original? I haven't read too much about it other than just like, it's it's being done right now. It's really interesting. I love that idea. Like it's so cool. Can you imagine like getting a Big Mac at Burger King? Like, yeah. It would never happen. It's like them happen. sending you their yeast strain and being like, try to try to get it perfect. Right. That's what brewers are doing right now. Is it is it like That's a challenge? That's crazy. That's a really yeah. cool. That's the challenge. It might have been other half 
but I feel like it was someone else. I feel like either half did it with somebody else, but yeah, that's that's what's kind of going on right now. So you, you were talking about collaboration, yeah, and like actually coming together to create a beer, but this one's just like almost like a challenge from brewer to brewer. Yeah, like, that's amazing. You've had Conky Dong try to brew it. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, similar to that, Firestone. I th- I believe it's Firestone Walker. Uh, they have a terroir project and essentially it's not really a collaboration um but kind of is so i'm pretty sure they have like a base recipe that they somewhat distribute it's like really basic and i don't know how many breweries whether it's one per state or region not really sure how they did it but then these breweries have to source some kind of it's, it's a sour beer to start and they have to source something from I believe with it's within a hundred miles of their brewery and uh, brew a sour beer with these local ingredients so you have like a, a base beer that's the recipe is distributed and then you're gonna have like however many breweries are involved that many variants of it which is which is a cool concept that's a very cool idea I mean I know yeah. all the base beers won't match up exactly no of course but but it would just be cool to i might be wrong also well (laughs) i mean yeah maybe they're maybe they're nailing it like maybe they have you know so many numbers to follow that they can really really dial in the same base beer but even if even if they're a little different it will just be interesting to taste different uh fruits or whatever they're whatever they're adding in their beer well that's the challenge and that's what makes it enjoyable yeah in that like you know everyone's starting from the same start point but then the finish line is different for each each one it's kind of interesting yeah uh going back to prairie though like we we always talk about their stouts everyone's always like obsessed with their stouts like the prairie dogs like right are like all these like crazy adjunct barrel age beers that like have crazy <laughs> aftermarket sale uh uh they're just worth a lot but i have you, I think we've all had it. Their their saison, the Prairie Brew yeah. Francais. Have I think so. I'm not sure. Oh man, it's a nice beer. I love that beer. It's like one of the most like effervescent saisons I've ever had. It's almost like a champagne. Yeah. And it's like so light and delicious that people rarely talk about the other stuff that Prairie makes, and it usually sits on shelves in distro. Yeah. Just like rots on shelves, yeah, which is too bad. It does. Because they're good. They're good brewery. Um, but I'm not, that I'm not in love with this. You're not loving this? <laughs> no, I'm not in love with it. It's all right. Okay. It, it's a bit boozy for me, personally, but uh, that it, it's fading, the booziness. Um, it, but in all honesty, it's not too sweet. No. It, but it's, as, as someone who bought this as a Oreo whore, and, and it's not, not double Oreo. stuffed. It's just stuffed. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, exactly. I know. There's minimal Oreo on it now, I think. I think some of that's faded. Yeah. It's, I, it is pretty boozy. Yeah. Yeah. But I just I, I I love Oreos in real life. I mean, who doesn't? But like, like I don't know if you can really incorporate it into a beer. I think the best the veil did it. Yeah, the veil did it. Yeah, but not everyone's the veil. No, no. Well, not everyone goes as hard. Like they did it because they put so many Oreos in there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Did it's they, it's not like, like, it's like you're almost half and half, like half beer, half Oreo. It's not like you have this chocolatey malt. Um, well, of course, I'm sure there is a chocolatey malt in it, but it's not like you have just a base chocolate malt and you're adding vanilla bean and trying to balance that out to get like a cookies and cream flavor. See, now that is something I'd be more interested in trying. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, essentially really what that is is just, you know, a basic vanilla stout when you have a super chocolatey malt. Yeah. Really basic. 
But, but, if, but if, if they made it with Oreos in mind. Yeah, exactly. And like, and we're really doing like comparisons. I would it would be that. tough because I feel like you just can't get the sweetness without adding like lactose sugar or something. I mean, you add lactose sugar, that's that's going to get you where you need to go, I feel like. But I'll but. take it. If it tastes like Oreo, I'll take it. I think yeah. it's hard to to do, like, to get that, cr- like, cookie flavor. Right. Yeah, the cookie, true, because you know? even, even so you, like, though you want have that, like, light toast, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Get that wafery flavor from other beers. Yeah. Chocolatize oh, okay. it. Yeah, Chocolatize yeah. the wafer. So we'll, we'll take, like, you know, whatever they do to Gunner's Daughter before they add the peanut butter. See, that's a perfect example. Yeah. If they, if Gunner's And then just Daughter, add it, like, oh. some Madagascar vanilla. Uh, I have a little Ooh. bit of, of a confession to make. All right. I've never really tasted the wafery flavor from beers. So you I, tell me you've had Gunner's Daughter and you never heard, you never tasted that wafery honestly, like. Honestly, when buttery. I had Gunner's Daughter, it was probably like the tenth beer for one of our shares. Oh fuck! And uh, you know, I probably slept on the floor of your apartment that night. So yeah. I, you know, I don't know uh, if if I'm my opinion's really credible at that point, but. I, I don't remember. I'm sure I said I tasted wafer at the time to fit in, but I don't think I actually did. So yeah, I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring one next next time we do this, even though it's not a beer that we haven't had. Just it's a great beer. Yeah. I oh man, I just had this thought in my head of like the surprise beer. Remember it, that? I'm just laughing. Um, <laughs> Madagascar vanilla stout. We tried. Yeah, I have one. Madagascar. He has one. I have uh, one. Who? What brewery was that? Four tired. Uh, four hands. Four hands. Four, four hands. hands. That beer was incredible. It tasted like vanilla ice cream. Yeah, they still have. They. I think they still have some at Julio's. I How almost bought one last time that? I was there. What? And it wasn't sickeningly sweet. That beer was one of the best vanilla stouts I've yeah. ever had, and yeah. I stand by that. Yeah. Um, it's funny because some some of my favorite like stouts. That I that I remember is definitely that one. I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, but the um, the triple barrel from Epic oh, yeah. Epic Brewing, Epic, yeah. yeah, those yep. those beers are fu- just those two triple are barrel like, ba- Baptiste. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, like you could still find those beers in liquor stores, and they're like top top tier stouts. And now they're aged. Yeah, that's I, what's nice about that triple barrel is that's that's a few years now. Speaking of uh, awesome stout that we've had before, but not in a while, Hardywood Park, their GBS. I th- keep forgetting, but I'm sitting on it. Like it's just it's just a standard GBS. Yeah. Um, but that rum barrel we had in like, I think it was a 2016 that we had in 2017 or something like that. It was when I got my job. Yeah. And uh, wow. I that's one that's one that sticks out to me as one of that was the best stouts I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. It might have just been like, you know, sometimes when you're like you're just feeling so good and the vibes are so positive that like when you have something it's elevated. Oh, 100%. It might have been that, but then again, it was both because tastes we took a sip lie. of that and you instantly took Sarah's glass and poured it into <laughs> yours. I do remember that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Or, or if, if if I wasn't there for that, I remember you doing that with another. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> it happens on occasion. Yeah. Oh God, I hope she, I hope Sarah doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, I think you did it with the, uh, the never, never. Yes, again, I was again. gonna say that on never. the back porch. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yep. you did it with. That's what I'm thinking of. 
They uh, went to pick up the pizza and you said, there's less of us here, so we have to open this. Uh, <laughs> a loving boyfriend and future husband, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we've all had we've all had dark moments in the beer. I'm sure. I mean, when I would go. We're going to get a lot of emails about how I'm such a piece of shit. And by a lot of emails, I mean we won't get any. <laughs> Just sound. <laughs> um, Tony, I listened. Fuck you. <laughs> I love when you, and, and I'm sure we're all guilty of this to a certain extent, and hopefully not anymore, but when you go to a brewery or someplace with your significant other and they don't know what to get, so you kind of recommend something that you also want to <laughs> try. try? Yeah. So you go with what you want and you sway them to go with what you want next. So uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only – I'm pretty transpa- – I've been transparent about that. But, uh, you know, I've done that. That's <laughs> oh, yeah. good. I've definitely done it. I mean, anytime I see a grim on the board – Transparency is great, except for you guys just blew up my spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I have not been transparent. I'll edit that part out. <laughs> on the, yeah, we'll on the pouring out. of – Sarah's stuff into mine. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen that often. No. It's, it's only when it's a whale. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, Sarah. I love you. You almost done with that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so through with it. <laughs> it's garbage. Just it, uh, no, I actually thought it got better. That last sip was super cacao What's up next? Uh? Up next, we got oh, Grape wow. Crush by Finback. It is a double India pale ale with grape. And the hops in this one are Citra, Blanc, and Mosaic. Ooh. What's the uh, ABV, if you don't mind? Uh, the ABV on this bad boy is a is a clean round 8%. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense for a double. Yeah. I'm a big Finback guy, so I'm excited about this. I haven't really had a lot of their IPAs lately, but... Uh, it smells good. It smells amazing. And I don't know if it's just because I have, haven't had a... A New England IPA in a while, or at least one that's not super in your face, like obnoxious. But uh, this is—it smells amazing. Yeah, no, they—they they do good work. I mean, it doesn't—it doesn't say New England IPA on the style, but I mean, you smell it, you drink it. It—it's definitely made in the vein of that style. You look at the hops that are used; it's New England. Yeah, yeah. You and know, Citra. Mosaic. I don't think I don't think they ever write New England style on their can, even though even no. though they, them and uh, the other big one are New York. Men- no, no, that you mentioned earlier. Oh, other half. Yeah, other half. They, they, they're some of the biggest producers of New England IPAs on like the East Coast, pretty yeah. much. And they're yeah. good at it. They make as many as Trias and Trillium. Definitely. And they make a lot of money off of it. This is like they the- collab with everybody. Yeah, they do. Yeah. This is great for like a hot day like today. This is really, here. really nice right now. Yeah. This is what I want my New England IPA to be. The because grape. it's refreshing. Yeah, and the grape is like not. I don't really taste it to be honest with you. I, I wonder what they the, mean by grape. Is it like actual grape, or like laffy taffy grape? Yeah, like, an, like <laughs> definitely a grape not adjunct. laffy taffy. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't either. It's would, funny because a lot of times when you ferment a beer on something like that, you might just not get like when you keep it all natural. Nature's crazy. Yeah. You're like you don't know what you're gonna get, like unless you're adding artificial flavors or, you know, extracts. It's uh like a lot of times you just might not get that super grapey flavor. Um, I I like this. I don't know if they're going for like a champagne characteristic, maybe like more of a with that kind of grape because if like they nail that refresh refreshment aspect of it at least. So 
Yeah, it's like it's like super clean. You hear that? Nature's unpredictable, That's guys. The wind. Nature's fucking up the podcast. Quiet down, leaves. Call your grandma <laughs> to mule us out of this situation. It hasn't been that bad though throughout no, the whole this episode. Is, this is the main big gust. Yeah, grandma. I can't get over how smooth this is. Yeah, this is a good one. I get grape on the nose. Not gonna lie. And it kind of is like a like a not a grape necessarily like a natural grape it's like a it's like a welch's fruit juice type grape white grape mm. because i could get on i like i mean definitely not a red grape for me it doesn't taste like it though i get it on the nose a lot more and maybe that's just the combination of the the blanc the citra and the mosaic i'm gonna be honest if you Kinda said there wasn't like grape mosaic. in this i i would like if i never would have said oh i get grape from that's this. that's usually how the, like finback ipas that have fruit or uh, so they use t- a lot of teas. They Ooh. use in your mouth. Oh yeah. Mix it up and then pull it through your teeth with some air. Oh yeah. A little grapey. I think I think what it does to like the beer is it makes it like you know how a lot of these IPAs kind of like coat your mouth with like all the hop resin and all this shit. Yeah. And it's like not pleasant. This kind of like. Doesn't, it doesn't leave that much in your mouth. I think it's almost it like a palate cleansing beer. Yeah. Like, it, but in a good way. Like, because I'm, I don't want to take away from the flavor at all. Because I think it's, it's got a nice, smooth, great hop characteristics too. Um, I think it makes it more crushable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think can. it like gives it more body, so that you're not just like stuck on this like astringent, bittery slash sweet hop burn. And this it brings like, me back and to go back to what you said about kind of going. To the liquor store for just like what you like when i when i would still go to treehouse more often or anywhere and i would go for just whatever's new because you know fomo um <laughs> instead of just being like you know what julius is a great beer let me just get some julius because like i feel like i was I, for a long time i was missing out on those true representations of the style like I mean, this is delicious, uh, but you know, bullshit is the hype beer, and uh, that's what you know. I, I fell victim. I feel like Finback was the hype beer of Distro, though. Like when it came, I always like sought it out. I always definitely bought it. for us. We I were think it's, yeah, just us. us. But it was always know, gone. It is gone. Why like, would a lot it be, of places get it too? And it is. Why does it sell out then so quick? No, it, it's. Why was it yeah. limit one at Craft Beer Cellar? Maybe they have a genius uh, distribution model where they'd send, like, the bare minimum. Yeah, to, they like, send, like, the a most, case. Yeah, to, like, the most places. Yeah. Because cause you'll see beer uh, that they that they ship out in one store that you won't see in the other store, but the other store will have a beer that, that st- store A will have a beer that store B doesn't have and vice versa. And Finback, so they just seem like They've they... done a really good job of, like, still making it sought after. Yeah. You know, like, besides the... The uh, like the Finback IPA and and like, like that sits yeah. yeah that sits and it's not that sits it's and not it's, great it's okay but like all of their other stuff and they make they make fuck tons of beer but they also yeah, have they really a do. super note like this this is the can you see on the shelf you instantly yeah. know what it is because you see the top half pure silver and a little sliver of silver at the bottom and that yeah. whale yeah it's just a classy I yeah. love the design how of these bold guys. is that to label their beer all of them are whales yeah they're all <laughs> whales Finback, I Finback is whales. Finback or whales. 
So is uh, I, I, <laughs> What about our uh, lunch? That's a whale. What about what? Lunch. Lunch? Main Beer Co. Used to be a whale. No, I think a, it still should be a whale. It's a dead... No, 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 but it's literally named after a whale. Oh, really? Yeah, because it has a, a bite taken out of the fin. Read the bottle next time. Okay. Wow. Tony's too busy drinking the beer. No, I know. Same, though. Like, I never... Uh, yeah, come on. I still don't know if I've I'm had dinner. guilty. What? I don't know if I've had dinner. I have not. I, don't I had I, dinner because I begged Will at Cold Harbor to give me a thimbleful when I was at the brewery one day. Because I saw him walk in with a guy who had it, and I was like, he came back out, and I was like, Will, please just give me a sip of that beer. Oof. And yeah, uh, man. that's okay. why I got dinner. According to Untapped, I have not had dinner. I have not either. Crazy. I think I thought I almost thought we had dinner, but I think it was when uh I almost got us a bottle one time in a trade and then I just didn't fall through with it. Didn't didn't British Beer Company do they have lunch on tap? They had they lunch. lunch on tap. Yeah. yeah, lunch is pretty lunch is common delicious. now. I mean still it that's a beer that because of all the hype of other beers and just you know, if you've had it, people are you're more apt to try something new or something you haven't had but that's that's a great beer it is great good that's a perfectly brewed beer yeah and when you have one and it's like perfectly attenuated and like great fresh yeah oh my god the thing that makes me sad about that is it does sit on shelves still sometimes not lunch not lunch justin got me a bottle i feel like for my birthday or something recently and it was one of the best beers I've had in like six months. It's so it's, it's so just straight up, no <laughs> bullshit. No, you're not like tasting mouthfuls of hops. Nah. It's just like perfectly balanced. Uh, and, and when it's cold, it's beautiful. Holy well, shit! That's what I mean when I say it, it, it sits on shelves, and it goes quick, but it's warm. Yeah. And in all honesty, like, say what you want, but like, you gotta keep it cold. Yeah. Because you you will lose. You'll definitely lose a little bit. They, I like. Oh, they have a I lot agree. of good beers. I just like that they don't. They don't. They're not pumping out styles. Like you don't go see a new main beer company beer. You see the same seven on the shelf. I feel every like time. I've seen more, but it's not hype beers. Yeah. It's like a, oh, we brewed this amber ale. Yeah. And we called it this because we no. hate everybody else. <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> like, they're just a really good brewery, and they brew really good beers, so they do whatever they want. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, for a brewery, I've actually never never been to their brewery neither have I um but I mean it I is, have it's 30 minutes north of Portland so you know typically when I get up to Portland 30 minutes into my trip up there I've eaten myself sick um <laughs> or drank myself silly but so I've never actually ventured further up but you gotta start going 30 minutes up yeah and then come I know down. I know especially because we did that and it was exquisite like it's, it's a beautiful little brew room yeah. Overlooking the whole facilities. I typically really simple. Land I wish they had dinner. At Bissell Brothers, just because it's like I get so excited and like I make it to Portland. It's the first you know, first stop right there essentially. Bissell Brothers your first stop? First stop. Oh um, man. And in all honesty, last time I was disappointed. Because and as we discussed, it's they had the first time I had gone, I remember I was I loved it because they had their pours were like I think it was like five ounce pours and it was like two dollars unless it was like an imperial or double and it was like two fifty. That might not be totally accurate, but it was something like that. Perfect price points. Perfect price price points and perfect 
pour size yeah. when you know you're a beer nerd you want to try everything and then I go back and it's just like, no, nah, minimum's 12. I think it was a 12 ounce pour. Oh. Even if it was eight ounce, maybe it was eight and 16. But I'm like, all it was was like New England IPAs. And, you know, they had Swish, which is dope. Yeah. So I got that. But then it's just like, well, what, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go there when they happen to have like angels with filthy souls, yeah, that's true. Like that's nice because you can still get a tiny pour, and it's it's more expensive because it's a barrel aged. But like worth it. That that's yeah. I I was lucky that when I went the one and only time I've been, they had that on, so I got I got that. Sarah got swish. That's I mean it was like a nice little one too. We were like the first people in line, and it yeah because we got there super early. <laughs> I, Which went over really well. That's th- that's kind of what <laughs> we I got to get there early so we could be there in line and not <laughs> and not miss out. I what were they releasing that? Do you remember? Substance. Of course they. Yep. Were, I mean, which they have every fucking day. Uh, <laughs> and then like, I don't know something that no one cared about. They didn't have any of the ones that like people like go nutter butters over. But I bought way too much. I um my first trip up, I got there right at eleven, and and so there was a short line. Whatever they were releasing, it was a pilsner. Um, which at the time I was like, ugh, <laughs> it's not hops. And and future you hates you. Future, yeah, me now hates me then because <laughs> and I, I, you know, strayed away from the hops to try other styles that time. Uh, but I, I, I'm curious to see what my opinion of Bissell would be if the first time was all IPAs and the second time was all the different styles. I'd probably, I mean, I'd be in heaven now if it was all the different styles. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, when I went, uh, the reason I, I like, wanted to get there an hour early was because I thought it was going to be sold out or, like, be relatively sold out because the hype was still so high. Substance? Not for substance. Right, but just but in like, general. Just in general that they would, like, be at capacity and we'd have to wait. Isn't it crazy how far we've come, though, that that used to be a legitimate concern? Like, we used to get in the car and drive to Treehouse. And they might have been sold out by the time we like. Yeah. You might wait in line for an hour, and you might not even get what you came for. I think yeah. I got I got booted out before getting any beer one time, and it was such a long car ride home, and I was like looking for other places to stop, and it was just so, like I just Depressing. felt so defeated and yeah. depressed. And I don't think I went back to Treehouse for like two months after that. That's probably a lie, but <laughs> it, felt, it felt like I was like I'm never going there again. And then they were like, we're releasing very very hazy and i was like all right i'll go how hazy is it though (laughs) dude i remember when you went on the day they had very hazy and you got like cans and a growler yes that was like my biggest haul ever dude i still remember my place in line 109 so sick (laughs) that's amazing that was incredible you you came back and it was in the cooler and i was just like that was fun can we yeah. talk about the anxiety, at least that I got, when you'd be waiting in line at Treehouse, and oh. the counter would come around, and like clearly counting out how many people were in line, to be like, and like you're watching him, and he's coming, like, and, every and time he's they 50 st- people ahead of you, and he's counting, and you're just like, shit, I hope he, like, I hope I'm okay. Every time he stops, or she stops, you have a heart attack? Oh my god, yeah. You're like, ah. And then people it, are just lined up like fucking cattle at the slaughterhouse. Yeah, like really. And then, and do you remember Munson even, like, when it was like when it went back all the way around and it like it was like literally a spiral? Yeah. It was so awkward. And you would watch this person come to you, and I, I mean, shit, it was scary. And then they make it past you, and they could even they would even be like, 
no, you guys are good, and I'd still be nervous. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> they'd give you a pencil, be like, like, oh, make, like, make your selections, and you'd be like, can I, can I choose any of them? Yeah, and they'd be like, right. yeah, man, like maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Dude, it, it got so bad towards the end of Munson for me. Like, I would, because I was working in Auburn at the time, and I could just drive there, like, in 30 minutes. So I would go, like, three times a week sometimes. I remember. Just for, like, I love one, that. I would go for, like, one-offs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when they first came out with, like, I don't know, right with... Butthole? Centennial <laughs> or something. <laughs> something. Something ridiculous, like a bright beer. I went for a one-off of a bright beer yeah but uh, bright the brights are some of the best ones they're they so they've turned into something that i think is super underrated they were shit on back then they i don't were. think they, oh, they were said the bright on, series oh, was the worst they and i was were, like but what welcome at the time i mean their main beers were <laughs> waiting for the winds uh were julius uh hayes green alter ego those were like the, the big four, you know, they had the proper cans and then really anything else. Bright was just like the redheaded stepchild. Yeah, People exactly. Like, this is not one of those three. But when they started to expand into all these different, different kinds of, or different styles or uh, brands of IPAs, Bright kind of emerged as the, the, the front runner of the next level. And in all honesty, baby Bright, Yes. Oh, I yes. could drink a case of that. Yeah. I, that's one of those beers where it might be, like, if I had to choose one beer that's like a craft New England, definitely New England style IPA, like, one beer to drink like that, Baby Bright's on my list. Yeah. Baby Bright's a whale. It, it's, it doesn't get the love. It, it should get the love. It, it does among the people like us who have yeah, well, been us, through some shit and, and, and want change. But it's like, if I go to Treehouse and don't get the beer that, I, like, that I'm hoping to get, but they have that, I'd still be happy leaving. Like, that's what I like about Treehouse is even if you're disappointed, they still might send you out with something that surprises you or that you you really do like. Yeah. Well, they have so much variance now if you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I Last I time I go. went, I, I bought literally all beers that I'd never had before. In, I mean... I walked out with a case of new beers that I never had The anxiety that that would give us at one point, if we hadn't tried everything. Oh, you'd be spending $300. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> and this was my thought with Treehouse, at least, that once they start cranking out more and more, I thought they would lose some hype just because it thrives on FOMO. And right. like I've said, once I missed Curiosity 49... I couldn't give two shits about the curiosities anymore. Yeah. Uh, I got up into the 60s or 70s, I think. Did you have 49 and didn't tell me? No. Oh. You just kept going. I just kept going. I just gave up. Yeah. I wouldn't have Actually, no. I didn't give up. because I was almost still, got us a can of 49. I remember that. But I, it was like, I it was a limit one. I also remember that. It sold that out in like five we fucking went, seconds. It was really hard to get. We went to the brewery. Uh, to try to get a poor 49 because it had gone into kegs and I think it had like kicked right before we got there or the day before because back when they didn't update their tap list oh that was like bullshit 10 they minutes had it, before they, they had opened. it one day and it was gone and we went the next day and to went try the next to day it. they had yeah. like 50 yeah what what was that uh, in their like existential series uh, what was that stout with the greenish can um, don't ask me. They were all like 
poems. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't that. It was like the uh, similar to the somewhere something is miles to go or something. No, whatever the green one was, I'll look it oh, up. Oh yeah, I'll, you had it. I'll fact check myself. We all had it because I remember they released it and you went that day, and it sounded so amazing because it was two cans per person that me and my brother Sam went that day too, like an hour after you. So like you had two cans, Sam and I each had two cans, and then two days later Somewhere they something? released something else. Huh? Somewhere something? No, it was the same like style artwork, but it was the green can. Oh, is that uh, the is that the original one? No, uh, man, <laughs> I don't so wanna... many goddamn beers. Uh, but essentially, it was two cans per person. Yeah, we both went separately day one. Two days later, um, I think it was two days later, we went. And, and got a beer there and got like two more cans and then the next day was my birthday I think I had the day off of work and of course I went to Treehouse they dropped right with Galaxy I remember because there was a two hour line and they upped the limit of that beer to three cans at that point it was just like you're screwing us at this point yeah. I don't like this Yeah. My, my view is you can, never, you can always decrease the can limit you can never increase the can limit yeah exactly it, it, it drives away from it's no longer sought after, but the only place they can get away with that is Treehouse. Right, but like, like even if you're in line and they up the can limit, you could get fucked. If they decrease the can limit, you could. No, that's true. I, I, I know. It's just unfair to the people that. Like, but if you like, start off small, you have more. Right. For more people. Right. But yeah. then just keep it at that until right. it runs out. Don't increase it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. And th- they had never done that. That was the first time they ever did that. Well, they probably haven't done it since. <laughs> yeah. No. Now they just like, whatever. Really. You know, like most things are case limits now. That's right. Yeah. Even like some of these like you know newer ones, at, at minimum like, at minimum like, uh, half a case, twelve beers. Is it just me or is this a smooth eight percent on the thin bag? It's a dangerous. 8%. I don't. Yeah. You could drink four of these easily. Human condition. That was the beer. There mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. I That's actually it. my one in-person beer trade of my life. <laughs> I traded one of those for a somewhere something incredible nice. is waiting to be enough. That and was it, the one it, that we wanted really bad. Uh, you wanted no, really it was bad. the first one. What was we the first one? We never got that one. We did, though, because they made it again. Oh, and right. you got it. Uh, we did have that? And yeah. somewhere something? No. It wasn't somewhere something, because we definitely had that. It started with and. All that is and uh, all that will ever be. All that, that is was, and all that will ever be. That was low-key my white whale for a while. Because... We tried to get it. I loved that series. And then... And yeah, we were posting trades to try we to get to it. Get it was batch years one. old. We tried to get batch one. We couldn't get it. And then... I mean, I don't care if it was batch one or batch two. B1, B2, but... Uh, we got B2. We got B2. And you know what? It was okay. It was okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure B1 was better... Yeah, at least I that's mean, what the people on Untapped tell me. Oh, yeah. so. I, besides the Batch 500 double shot, I haven't really had any stouts from Treehouse where I've been like so blown away. Yeah, a lot of their flavored stouts are like on the same I, level. I agree. What are you gonna say? But I'm so double shot Batch 500 was the first stout I had from them, I think, and then it was you know there were some other. Double shots that were excellent. Still, I feel like some of the single shots have been more impressed with some of the. That's double what shots. I was gonna say. Actually, single shot for a while was better than double shot. 
I don't I don't know what it was, but it was single shot vanilla was next level. Yeah, single shot, and it didn't get the love because it wasn't double shot. No, I mean didn't come have on. the name, didn't have the rarity. I will say that one double shot that I actually shared with him and our buddy Tim. I remember this, the one in the growler. The one in the growler. Oh. I traded for it. Do you remember that beer? We had it in your backyard. Tim Tim? Tim Tim. Oh, wow. Was that the same day we had the, the very hazy? Or the very green, I mean? No, I brought a growler and we had it in your backyard. We were just all hanging out. It was you, me, and Tim. And we drank a stout. No. Yes. Are you sure it wasn't at Tim's moving party? No. No, I brought something else there. Yeah, okay. That was uh, Affogato. Right, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I had already drank. Some. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. That was the... Uh... That I got from Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Hadn't we, like, opened that? Yeah, we opened it. We opened it, it and you brought the rest? And I brought the <laughs> rest. That was awesome. I love that. <laughs> I was like, my buddy Tim's going to want this because he loves Trillium. Oh, wow. And then I and I mostly gave it to him, but I gave it to him, too. Amazing. But anyways, we had a beer in your backyard that you don't remember that was... I'm sorry. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't it remember. was probably the second best double shot I'd ever have. I'd ever had it. it See, was... this is bad, but like, was Batch 500 still the best? Yeah. Okay, because like the FOMO kicked in a little bit and I was just like, shit. Even now? It just kicked in. I was I'm like, oh, I hope, <laughs> I hope what I had was better still. Tom, that is <laughs> Tom, that is quite literally like the one beer I haven't drank without you. <laughs> I, I know. And honestly, I don't, I don't actually... You know, I didn't care at the time, but now I'm just like... Uh, like if it if it was like the best beer you ever had, I it, it's more like I thought it wasn't going to be good because no, I had, fair, I'd had so many double shots that were like, eh. and then that one turned out to be real dope. Dude, do they sell single shot in bottles or cans? They cans. actually sell cans. double shot in cans. They now. sell really? double shot in cans. Really? Which yeah. is like a little. How long have they been doing that? They sell all of their stouts in cans now. So they don't is that like a even the somewhere something, the human condition? They're all in cans. Those were always in cans anyway. Oh, was, they were in cans. Yeah. Are yeah. they still doing uh, like the native series? Are those in bottles? Those are in bottles on site only. They and they haven't even done most of them on site only. You can't take them home. No. Oh come on! No, and for the most part, they only have one in seven. Sometimes they have two. Wait, one in seven? Like they still make native one? They have native one. They still make yeah. it. They make native seven, which what? is the newest one that came from Charlton. And they sometimes have native two, but I've never seen three, four, five, or six. Actually, no, six is sometimes there, too. Okay. But I've never seen three, four, five. Huh. I was I just curious, and I, and I looked up. Um, it looks like they're on native nine now. Jesus. Which, uh. I mean, and I don't know. Um, but it looks like it might have come out recently, actually. So. Oh, shiznit. Who's to say? <laughs> you guys want another beer? Yeah, let's do another yeah. one. Okay. Uh, next up is Omnipresence from Wicked Weed. Uh, I think it's important to note that this beer is from 8 to 26, 2016, so before the AB InBev merger. Basically, this is a barrel-aged American sour ale fermented with Cabernet grapes. 9% nice. alcohol. Some more grapes in the mix. Some more grapes. It's grape week here. A great beer <laughs> right after. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny about, uh, and I, I like that you noted that it was pre-AB InBev, but... They did a great job um, kind of collecting a certain amount of breweries across the country and to diversify their portfolio and get their stake in the game. Well, Very smart. And I, I'm, not, I'm sure, I think they let Wicked Weed just kind of, I could be totally wrong with this, so email us. Uh, but <laughs> like from, from the taste of the beer, I don't notice a massive difference. Like I've had some Wicked Weed since, I think. I haven't. I haven't. 
Maybe I, I haven't buy, either, because if I wasn't with you guys, maybe I haven't. I would edit this it. out then. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you have, and if you haven't noticed a difference, you haven't noticed a difference. However, uh, I stopped drinking them. I stopped purchasing them. Except I did purchase this bottle after the merger because on sale. Yeah, you you told me that there were some bottles uh, at a local liquor store that were like mad cheap because they'd been sitting since 2016. So we we picked these up like last year. And this is a solid quality beer. This oh yeah, I mean these I think retail went for like what they're above twenty. Yeah, I think it was twenty wow. right on the Yeah, first. they were like yeah. twenty bucks for a, you know, a three fifty. And I think you get them for ten. Yeah. Yeah. Ten's a deal. After we get into the beer, I got some questions for you on that. Oh God. Just about our our uh, acceptance or non-acceptance of AB and Bet. Okay. But, uh, you know, let's 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 yeah. uh, uh, dive into the beer first. All right. Super grapey. Nose is you know it's a conventional sour. I get like. Like ch- like chalkiness, in the nose. Okay, that's interesting. That might be from some of that like bottom of the uh, bottle. You know that stuff that's been kind of sitting there for since 2016, <laughs> since it was off those trucks and in uh, that liquor store sitting there on the shelf, <laughs> and then picked up by me and then sitting in my fridge <laughs> it, uh, for a year. <laughs> it's one of those sours where, for me, it just tastes like a some kind of grape or similar fruited sour that's not too tart it, it's kind of standard but like in a good way yeah it is like, very standard uh, there's a little funk on it though there's definitely funk and it's kind of what like from the food if or- i want a good you know good representation of the style um this kind of it's kind of is exactly what i'm looking for where it's a, yeah. a fruited sour a dark sour which I'm always a bigger fan of the dark sours. Um, Way more acidic than the first beer we had, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like lambics aren't actually sour though. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, or lambic style. Sorry to all you. I think if you have there. something bright, it can be a little bit more sour. But I agree mm. with you. It tends to be far less sour than something, you know, brewed in a kettle. Yeah. You know, um, but this is interesting in that it like was aged in fooders. And uh, then afterwards, aged in barrels. Right. I uh, it's delicious. Yeah, I like it. I. Uh, I think this is really kind of a tasty beer, and I think some of that intense sourness has probably lessened over time to give a little bit more funk, which I think is from the wood. And it's a subtle grapiness. It's a good, um, a good winey, red winey taste to it that. I can dig. These types of sours pick up, like you said, it like, does it say what kind of wood or just? Yeah, French oak. Okay, because literally you get so much, like even the first beer we had, you get a lot of wood in both of them. They they really pick up the, uh, that like woody essence, I guess, if that's the right word. Yeah, uh, this is cool because they, it's got the oak. But they don't say what barrel it was aged in afterwards, so that's interesting. You know, I hate to... I mean this in a good way, but it's difficult to say this without making it seem like I'm degrading the beer. But I feel like it's... uh, Like, I think Welch is grape juice again. Yeah. Uh, But, like, in, in the best way possible, where it's just, like, you take the actual, like, fruitiness and, like, the pure grape flavor that you get from uh, grape juice. 
I was going to say I was getting kind of similar sweet kind of notes from this that I got in the IPA. Really? Yeah, yeah interestingly it is, enough. It is a very candy, yeah. grape-ish. But, like, I, I think they have similar profiles in that they both have grapes, but I was getting a lot of grapiness off of that IPA that I'm now getting off of this, mm. and I was going to say that when I had my first sip, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot. No. <laughs> no. So I did say it, but I, I agree. And I think you're right with saying, like, a bit of Welch's, like... And maybe that's just like the sweetness that happens over time of this aging. Right. And I mean, I to how have bright the, it would be in 2016. For a beer that's four years old, it, it does have a, a really a perfect fruit presence. How it hasn't totally, the fruit hasn't fallen off. Or maybe it has from the original. Yeah. Um, but it's it's still present and adds a good dimension to the beer. It, it gels with the base beer. Yeah, not, it, it does. It doesn't sit on top of it. That's... It's it's like it blends with it. That's a great point, actually, too. Uh, just how sometimes you can throw shit together, and it just doesn't blend well. Like yeah. you taste two separate things, where this is not two separate it, things, but it's like a unified yeah. one beer. I, I was just gonna say the exact word unified. Yeah, like from beginning to end, there's 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 unity. It's like flavor dissonance. This this is like flavor consonance, where yeah. it's like even the funk combines with the grape to kind of tie the flavors together where it's like a uh, yeah I, I can't think of a great example of a beer that has a lot of like flavor dissonance but I mean I for some reason my brain doesn't log bad beers no I, I mean you tend to forget oh. bad beers unless it's so bad that it's it's the it's the point of a joke yeah you I know love what I'm saying those. what I love those I hate to say I love those because <laughs> like I mean I feel like we've bonded over just as many bad beers as good beers though oh I just I love when we crack a horrible beer at a <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I appreciate it more now, at least. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen tonight, but I'm looking forward to the first tasting we do like this with a with a. Never sh- say never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know all of the beers that I brought are exquisite. So. I yeah, know. No, none of your beers are going to be <laughs> shit. I, I brought... You brought whales. I brought whales. You brought whale after whale yeah, after whale. I went down and... You did. To, to my cellar. <laughs> yeah, dude, you, you, you came in with, like, guns blazing. Yeah, I, I wanted to. It's one of these things where it's like, I wasn't going to open these beers without you guys. And since this is our first hashtag Kovacher. Kovacher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I needed to, you know, I, I really wanted to drink these beers. And uh, I think one of them I got during COVID because, you know, I had to go to the liquor store to buy a bottle of tequila. There you go. Uh, and there was a BCBS. Not gonna pass that up. Not just a BCBS, but a variant. A variant, BCBS, yeah. Which That's is crazy. crazy. No spoilers, though. <laughs> Coming later. Oh shit! <laughs> you brought a bunch of whales, and I brought tuna fish and goldfish for beers. Goldfish is incredible. I brought what some would say is complete and utter horseshit. No, no. no I, see, I, this is actually this is what I want to get into. Yes. Why haven't you had Wicked Weed since the uh, takeover? Because, for some reason, as like a craft beer, like good old boy and not even a good old boy but like somebody that's been in the game for a little while for some reason it's been ingrained in me and maybe in you uh just a severe hatred for ab InBev and everything that they stand for even though i drink a lot of miller light which is not <laughs> ab InBev, but close it's enough still supporting another macro producer with probably poor ethics so i'm a hypocrite at the highest order however when i was drinking this completely and totally the idea of like the man coming in to like put its foot on the throat of these like little brewers pissed me off 
And at the end of the day, Wicked Weed was not a little brewer. Like they had created, and, and you're right in saying that AB InBev targets these established breweries that really have like a big connection to their community, but also have a big availability for distribution so that when they buy it, they can immediately just go and, and still yeah. be making money and still be making money by selling out. So they're brilliant in that they like literally look at the map and they're like, let's look at who claims a lot of market share and then let's identify the exact breweries to take. And, you know, Goose Island, uh, Elysian, uh, Wicked Weed, others. You know, yeah, like, I know others, right? I'm, I'm trying say. to think of others, but uh, like... Three is more than I could come up with. Um, so, and I, I definitely shared the same feelings yeah, as you did for a while until, uh, you know, working with some other people at other in, who had worked at other breweries and other people who were in the craft brewing industry that had worked at AB and Bev. Um, in terms of treatment of employees, AB and Bev treats their employees a hell of a lot better than craft breweries. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, and I think I think there's in in which is crazy because <laughs> you know you think. And there's this, you know, of course, I always want to keep things small business, personally. Um, but a, a lot of these breweries have kind of gone past the small business aspect of it and are really expanding and growing. And then, you know, the AB and Bev is trying to squish the, you know, any craft beer. But then you have the well-established craft breweries that have been around for five years that are kind of trying to squish the the like brand new craft breweries so i think it's kind of this so it's interesting what you're saying in that like the more established microbreweries who have claimed a lot of the market share are trying to keep it yeah yeah and i i think in which you know so it's the same exact thing that happened to some of these smaller microbreweries by abimba it's you know it's business is business but uh i i think the the funny thing that we all often think is that craft breweries are all practicing ethical using ethical business practices yeah well that's clearly not true because we hear about it all the time right you know people are treating their workers like crap people who are not paying their workers what they should be paying bad benefits bad work conditions unsafe work conditions right you know like i can think of one brewery that literally hits on all of those I, yeah. I, got, so, I got a question for you guys. Okay. How? Wait for this micro- yeah. motorcycle to go by. How big's your penis? <laughs> All right. So my so, question for you guys is, how hard was it for both of you guys not to see the last three Star Wars movies since they were bought by Disney? <laughs> <laughs> God, you're an asshole. Uh, and that's kind of wow. <laughs> well, I'm fucking done here. It's actually been Get the last five. You can count solo in Rogue One. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. No, and I don't. No, but that's a that's a good point. In all honesty, um, but, but it's my thought is, and I agree with, and I always want to. I want to support the small local guy. Um, but I want to support the small local guy if I see them giving back to the community. You know what I mean? And, and maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Um, I think these w- – the thing about it is is because of what beer culture is, like when these microbreweries come up in these communities, they're establishing really 
a place for social gathering, a place for joy, a place for right. sorrow. You know, like like from a communal standpoint, like people have been drinking alcohol in the presence of other people for a long time. A couple years at least. Yeah, you know, a few <laughs> years. A few years. So, <laughs> When you establish yourself in that community, you need to give back. You need to think about how do we like enrich ourselves even further. And I've seen it happen, and I've not seen it happen. But again, we don't know what practices are going on behind closed doors. I just right. say like actions speak louder than words to me. Totally agree. Um, and Disney sucks. <laughs> yeah, you know. But I still consume a lot of their but, stuff. Yeah. Because I'm evil. I'm not saying that like. I, in all honesty, I'm probably not going to buy Wicked Weed now anyway, um, just because... Well, we've kind of gone past sours. Like, this yeah. is nice, but I'm not going to go and be like, you know what I want tonight? A barrel-aged sour, and yeah. I want to drink 350 milliliters of it yeah. by only, myself. The only sour I'm going to get, and we all know what I'm going to say, <laughs> is if I see a 330 milliliter bottle from Allagash. That is going to get purchased most of the time. I, and I honestly, don't I don't really seek out sours other than that. I barely even seek out that. But, but I can understand why you're doing that because, like, you're, you're getting the best you can get. Not only that, but the two times I've been to Allagash and spoken with the employees there and seen their culture, it's what every brewery should be. Yeah. Uh, it, it's really... They're sustainable, and they work towards being more sustainable. It's... People are happy to work there. They have excellence brewing practice. The place is so cleanly. It's like the perfect. whole the whole model of their tap room when you go to visit, at least up until recently, was you get your three tokens or two tokens and you get three free. They did. Uh, they did change that, but it's still uh, incredibly consumer friendly to them. Their tasting room. I mean, they distribute so far across the country. Uh, I don't know how many states they're in, but they distribute enough where the tasting room is nothing to them. Yeah. I mean, to the point where they used to give out free beer. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times... And that lasted for a long time, let me tell you. It did, yeah. They, and no one was doing that. I no one was, was uh, like, come and get free beer. I think it changed early 2018. I could be wrong, but because I, I remember going in February of 2018 and they had just changed the system. Um, but everything about them is uh, employees first, uh, society first. You know, coll a collective first. Um, and they they love to give back. They love to treat people right. And I think that's you know not only is their beer top of the industry, um, but their their ethics are. I haven't heard of a brewery that treats their employees or treats society you know gives back to society more than them i'm i'm not against like well I, or let me let me put it this way i'm not for like the like the monopolization of like these big uh conglomerates taking over the smaller I. breweries i don't right. think any of us are but to, to your point a lot of those people that are a lot of those big the big players like ab and bev like cores uh I, don't, I can't name all the other ones. Miller like Coors. Miller, Miller Coors, Coors, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, they, all, they all banded together. Right, and the, yeah. they're all banded together, and they're, like, you better believe that they're going to start buying more of these small places because that's what they're going to have to do to survive in the future. And yeah. going back to your other point is they're also, they are in a huge position to give back because they 
have established models that like maximize their profits, which puts them in a good position to like give back. Exactly. But this is where the craft brewery started as trying to give back, but then they saw what they could be business-wise, money in the owner's pockets. Yeah. And that quickly corrupted where, and you know, I don't, I'm not speaking for any brewery specifically. I'm just speaking generalized terms of knowing people in the industry and how they've been treated in certain areas. But, you know, people are so easily corrupted and the industry has been so easily corrupted by, yeah, we want to, we want to give back until they realize, well, we can't give back now because we want to do X, Y, and Z. And then when they finish X, Y, and Z, they're like, well, we need to do A, B, and C now. And so like, you have these changes in goals and really the people that make it happen are never, they were given this hollow promise of you can grow with us. You can be successful with us. You can advance with us. And uh, it's really been the advancement of the owners of the breweries and, and really nobody else. Yeah. I mean, everything kind of stays stagnant. Yeah. But None of us own businesses, so it's hard for us to talk about like it's it's hard for us to be able to understand definitely what needs to be justified yeah. in order to like effectively run a business. But some of these businesses are pretty big, right? They right. make a lot of money, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, like I would Treehouse like, makes a lot of money, and you would like to think that they pay all of their employees, like even the guys like everything I've heard, they're incredible, top to notch. Yeah, that's and and incredible, and you gotta you gotta give it to them because they could. The amount of business that they do, if they just wanted to kept to to keep uh, like, you know, ringing that, ringing that money out of the out of the cloth, they could do it. I uh, I have a friend of a friend that works at Treehouse. Apparently, I don't know how true this is. They get a hobby stipend. Like, Treehouse gives them money annually towards whatever hobby they want to do. So like, if they like mountain biking, hobby. they could buy. Like, so they basically just give them like some money to do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, hey, we care about. Wow. Your and personal boosts time. happiness so much. No, no, it makes sense now why it does. It does boost yeah. happiness. It's, it's a complete like, like mental health boost. Yeah. What's the thing you love more than anything? Hookers what gives and blow. You peace? Hookers we're gonna, and blow. <laughs> we're gonna give you a thousand dollars for hookers and a thousand dollars for blow. Yeah. It's you're just not be, gonna see me just back be at on work. work. <laughs> How crazy is that though? I That's mean, that, amazing. And that is what that is what keeps. Me but, cr- drinking crap. But beer. you can see it at Treehouse when you walk in. Yeah, everyone's Everybody so excited to be there. They're fucking pumped. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time I've seen somebody fucking pumped to work. Yeah, it's incredible. Also, to like, work when they look at your ID or stamp your hand or anything, uh, and they just make conversation. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, I just want to get my beer and go. Uh, it, which I now looking back feel bad for because they're so nonchalant because they have this this culture and they don't want to ruin the like they want to be relaxed and they want us to be relaxed unfortunately their beer's dope yeah. and nobody can be relaxed because they want to get it and drink it as soon as possible but you know they yeah and it shows when you're walking to the back of the line and another guy's walking to the back of the line and he's running to get there before you <laughs> yeah and it's going I'll just let you go in front of me guy don't break a sweat yeah and you, you go to Treehouse, and it's like, it's kind of like going to McDonald's as a kid, and Ronald McDonald is there. Like, you see Dean, and you're like, like you're, this is it. This is why I'm here. Dean's there with, like, his Treehouse, like, hockey jersey. Have oh you seen God. him wearing that? Yeah. yeah. 
every time I see Nate, even though I don't know him and I'm using his first name, but we just said Dean. Yeah. yeah. Anytime I see Nate the head brewer, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Dean's last Bruce's. name. That guy Bruce's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know their last names. I it's just, like a, it's I like don't a celebrity ass like feeling. From even it. that guy who's a friend of a friend that used to work at Treehouse as a brewer, who has now gone on to work at uh, Definitive. What? Definitive. He went to Definitive. Yeah. Oh, I thought he went to that great place down in Connecticut. Oh, different guy. Yeah. So I guess I've known three people that work. Uh, Fox Farm. Yeah, Fox Farm, which uh, is an incredible brewery. If you've never had it, you should try to get it. It's incredible. Anyways, that guy, I was just uh, going through Facebook. He came up. I was like, oh, God, this guy. And I just went through and looked at like early, early profile pictures when he first started working there in like 2012 or whatever it was. Some of the people that were in those oldest pictures still work there as like – Oh, yeah. Bartenders, yeah, handing out just just giving you your beer. That's insane to me. That yeah. means for like eight years, I know someone's been part of their retail team. That's unheard of. Yeah, it, is. it says a lot. That says everything. And so I think, you know, in equal because I don't want to put this overarching idea that no craft brewery gives back because they give back. They give back in a big way to their employees, at least. Well, they're also giving back in a big way to the community by like by being un- there, but understanding that. They've caused a lot of problems on that on that road, so they're gonna build. They they said that they'll go half in to build, like a roundabout. No way. To get into their brewery. Yeah. There. So it's not even like I'm sorry, town of Charlton. Here's a problem you have to solve. They're like, we'll go half in because we recognize where the problem. That's insane. Accountability. That's accountability. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. And Jeez. it's not cheap to build roads. No, it's not. But you know what? I mean, shit. Yeah. They are part of the problem with that road, probably. They are. They, so, they, like, they've, there's been a lot of accidents because of that brewery. Oh, yeah. Which isn't their like, fault, which is really unfortunate. Well, it's the people who buy their beer, clearly. Exactly. They, they, they just, like, for a brewer that is, like, just, like, larger than life, they sure as hell picked, like, two horrible spots to have breweries. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's yeah. not bad. It's, it's just not. that, like, there's a ton of parking there, and yeah. it's still not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. Yeah, you know, I, you know when you're parking in that dirt lot. Or did they pave that yet? The bottom. Oh, uh, I don't know. They didn't I've, pave it. No. No. When well, you, you get the dirt lot treatment, you're like, it's gonna be a long day. Yeah, it's gonna be a long. <laughs> because not only do you have to walk up that hill, but you know that that line down. is looping around the parking hey, hey, lot. Hey, they got they got those little buses now that That's like true. take you down. That's true. Any brewery that has a bus system is <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Ah, they have a bus they're, system. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna put a tram in for like. like the top of the hill down to the Zip bottom line of the hill. down just like yes going up they're gonna they're just gonna keep printing money there like imagine if they start like putting advertisements on the buses it's gonna be treehouse world and there's gonna be like things <laughs> you can do world. yeah when they opened charlton my buddy went on opening day and sent and like posted it like treehouse world it was the sign of treehouse and he had the jurassic theme jurassic park theme which is like the perfect <laughs> theme <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's a mystical yeah. land. And so, you know, moral of the story, be more like Treehouse, be more like Allagash. To quote them, live well. And live well. I hate that our, our fucking podcast is turning into like, Treehouse is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we're the fanboys. We're, no, we're, I know. And, but but it, you can't talk about this kind of beer in New England without talking about them. That's how big of a deal they are. I know. Well, and, and that's how much of like our time collectively as people has been spent seeking out going attaining drinking being and, a part of their culture and they're they're trendsetters i mean especially at this new at the new spot in charlton like 
that that is going to set the standard for like like tap room experience like the indoor outdoor stuff like that, see, seeing the brew equipment like clearly but being far enough away where it's like i don't know they just nailed everything there i haven't been in so long i've so i haven't been since they revamped like the retail area yeah uh, but it was so clear another where at least speculation i think they went out of their way to open a little early Maybe it was maybe it was a phase one, phase two, phase three, but I know there was a lot of speculation early when they first moved to Charlton that it was because they'd pissed off enough people at Munson just because, you know, people parking in yards and driving over stone walls and, and <laughs> shit up, like that. Fucking up their cars. Um, fucking up their cars. But I mean, in all honesty, that the the inside taproom experience is like from phase one at least wasn't great just because right. like you're all together. But yep. and also, I mean it would be great in all honesty if not everybody and their mother and grandmother didn't want to go. <laughs> um, but that outside area. Oh, yeah. It's glorious. And glorious. it's only going to get bigger and better and more glorious. Yeah. So They even have, like, walking. Like, last time I went, they have walking trails outside. Incredible. Like, I, I don't know if that's part of, like, their... I must be part of the property they own. It, yeah. They own a lot of property there that's not... That's just forest, and I think. It, it's not like... They don't put up any signs that say, like, don't walk here. Like... They they are about you hanging out there all day, and I Actually, like that. Actually, they might not they might not own it. I think it's like a ninety nine year lease or something. Oh, I could okay. be wrong with that, but that's pretty close to owning it. Yeah, it's pretty close <laughs> to owning. Like we'll be here in ninety nine. If years. the world's even around, yeah. uh, you'll you'll probably just have your head preserved in like a vat of very green. I mean, yeah. In all honesty, though, I green over very green. Hot take. Yeah. Next beer. Next beer. Next beer. All right, up next, what's our beer? Oh, we, we got the Rec League by Harpoon. It says on the can, it is the cool down companion. Hoppy, hazy, and light. 4%, 120 calories a can. And we got a scorcher over oh, here in Massachusetts today, so yeah. we need a cool down. Oh, yeah. Um, we certainly do. I need a uh, I need a cool down companion in my life. <laughs> you need a companion to cool down there, guy? Yeah. Oh, like, wicked. Like, like an ice cube with titties. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, that's my cool down companion. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, in all seriousness, I love this beer. It's like you can find it anywhere, but it is fucking delicious. And, uh, you know, I've, as far as craft beer goes, it's nothing like... Nothing you're gonna write to your grandma about and tell her to wait in line for, but it's good shit. It's a good beer. It is a. It's good a beer. great beer. I just uh, had my first sip and uh, exquisite, especially after a somewhat intense, astringent sour beer. I yeah. I actually meant to ask how is Very that? Nice. How did that wicked weed sour uh, land on the scale of um, burnability of your esophagus? Um, Six. Well, I've done a lot of work over like the past month to get myself ready for literally this moment that's amazing um so <laughs> i'm taking like a lot of like different natural remedies <laughs> to like get my gut biome to the point where i don't wake up at night uh interestingly have you guys ever had like marshmallow root no yeah it's like really good for inflammation specifically in your gut and your intestines uh i've been taking marshmallow? that marshmallow yeah, yeah, like not like not marshmallows. No, I know, but I didn't even know that there was a marshmallow root. Yeah, it's a marshmallow. I've seen root. the extract at like uh, natural organic market stores. Yeah, it's really good. I also take folic acid, which is good for your brain. Yeah, um, 
but it also helps with like this the synergy of like digesting marshmallow no i didn't know that uh i didn't either i might be saying things incorrectly but i read something and it said these are holistic approaches taking these things together is beneficial so i started taking it and i've been a lot better uh change the diet anyways that's, long that's, story no, no, short no, that's it let's stay on that topic for okay. like another minute or two like yeah like we stopped drinking sours i just more you like I, i'll still take a chance on it but i do experience the same like indigestion well like, what happens when you put it like say it's like a very sour sour yeah you got like what acid happens? reflux but what happens instantly on impact to your esophagus anything uh i mean i like a, a burping sensation almost okay for me if i were when i'm like inflamed if i were to take a sip of something maybe even this honestly like towards the end it was a bit too much for yeah. me I probably a should sip have of sunshine it. what was that <laughs> a sip of sunshine oh god yeah <laughs> That's such um, a good if we'll i were to out. just have like one sip the first sip would it would be like this immediate the second it touched my esophagus would be like i i can't even explain the so feeling. it's like nicotine for me where i just like your body rejects it almost yeah it's it's like this like it's like this response where it like instantly <sighs> I don't know how to explain it. Have you guys ever had like, have you ever been sick and have like, you know, mucus kind of like go down into your throat? Yeah, like, oh yeah. Yeah, and it kind of like creates like, kind of like a pain, like a a weird, like you just want to get it out. It's like almost like that, but with a burn sensation. Okay. And then it goes down and it tends to be fine, but I get that on every sip and then it stays down there and then I burp it up. And then it really hits me when I try to sleep, when I go from like being upright to down and I even have I have three pillows at night so like my neck's like this and it will just like wow. I'll, wake, I'll wake up in a cold sweat seething and like that that exact pain again but it's like my whole esophagus and like the end of my mouth it's I think that's, that's acid awful. reflux right it's yeah. acid reflux yeah. yeah yeah but it's but it's an intense case of acid reflux yeah, like um it's uh in, in made way worse by the beer like you get you probably get it with other foods too but with beer it's like way worse. i feel like i started and my and my gut was like in great shape and then over drinking alcohol which is corrosive and like a lot of sour beer which is really corrosive um over that like whatever period of time three four years did a number like yeah. and i'll never get it back i i don't think yeah because like i'll have like a tomato sauce and it will Take same it, thing it won't take me back to that extreme like a 10 out of 10 but it will take me to like a six very or 6.5 yeah yeah so last night I, I woke up and i was like oh do i need to take medicine but i didn't i from just that had tomato sauce yeah because yep from tomato sauce that i had for dinner um because i, I just i drank a bunch of water and it helps yeah. it made it it made it okay that's, and i was a little dehydrated from drinking too that, that's so. i mean it kind of lends itself to the style of sour so like like you're not going to want to spend like a Sunday or a Saturday drinking like six sour beers anyway. So that's one thing I like about the style is you really just have to have one. But even that one can put you in a bad place like that. So if you are susceptible to like acid reflux or like indigestion, sours might not be the beer for you. And it might just be better to try them in, in scenarios like this where you're tasting like a three ounce pour. Yeah. I, I think if, if you have any of that experience, you should probably stop sooner than later because I just kept going and it just progressively gotten worse and worse and again like I don't know if it'll ever go go back yeah, I, feel like, I feel like it won't I feel like a lot of like the, the lining in my stomach is gone from yeah. like all of this like intense acidity 
you know, meshing with my like actual stomach acid, which is super corrosive anyway. So I'm just, I'm just glad I've never had like ulcers, but it's never been that painful. It's kind of ironic too, because of all the styles of beer, you would think that like a, like a wild ale or like a, like a spontaneous fermentation ale would be really good for your gut bacteria. And they probably are. Yeah. But when you introduce all that acid and like. And alcohol. And alcohol. Yeah. It's, it, all, maybe all of the good effects of that beer like for some people might be completely outdone by the acidity and all the other things that it's I got the funky beers are good but the sour ones are aren't well it's just got it's got natural yeast in it yeah. which is good for your your cut you Definitely, know yeah you know when, when people are taking like probiotics a lot of the times it is like natural yeast strains you know yeah that's why people eat yogurt do you ever uh, drink kombucha um i do might be a little too burny though for you. It it's it stinks because a lot of these things that are really good, like because they're acidic, like kind of yeah. like can burn. But I will say that if I'm in a, if I'm in a good place, it's fine. It's just having sour beers or having a lot of sour foods. It, it really just comes down to eating now. But I have to just be smart. And the more of like the stuff that I do to like take care of myself, drinking a lot of water, taking those two. Um, uh, vitamins that I told you about and, and, I, and I'm looking into other ones as well um, just eating a lot more like plumage you yeah. know whole foods is really good Yeah, it's really I, helpful I, I think it's just good for people to know that like if you drink a beer that is a sour beer and it severely fucks with you it's it might not just be that specific beer it might be the style and you, your body your stomach might just not be able to handle it yeah and it, but I guess for me, I'm just like heralding a warning, a warning to right. folks. Like, if you have an experience and you're like, "That's not normal," you should probably not have it. Or again, you know, wait until you have a share when it's like a very small amount. Yeah. Because, you know, like if you're somebody that's living with GERT, which is like gastro something something something. Basically, it's like it's like a very severe form of like ongoing um, acid reflux. It can, over time, wither away a lot of the, a, a lot of your esophagus to the point where you like get esophagus cancer because yeah. you've destroyed the tissues, or you'll need to get like, you'll need to get part of your like stomach brought up into a newly formed esophagus. So it's yeah, just like we should uh, cut the sours. Then <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a sour beer since the, like the last one of these. So yeah. like you know, again, it's just like building to it, and and I've been finding things that are really helpful so it's it's i could keep talking about it right but no, no no but i just i think it's good to talk about because i'm sure you're not the only like and i experience it too like some of the nights where we've had a lot of sours you'll wake up like sweating oh my god like, feel almost like just in a know, panic i don't know what it is i haven't narrowed it down totally i think personally for me i think it's the uh combination of uh the espresso and dessert stouts plus like the lactose plus the super high ABV, like that combo, I will wake up at like, like I'll lay down and like an hour and a half later, I'll wake up, my heart's racing and I'm sweating. Yeah. And it's the worst feeling in the world. That's, that's the one thing I like about your standard New England hazy IPA is like, you can drink three of them, go to bed pretty comfortable. Yeah. And, you and can. a lot of these, a lot of these barrel aged stouts, like, uh, all these like, intense hours you really do need to save for a share like this or else you're just kind of you're oh, kind of yeah. wa- you're wasting your own money 
and you're wasting your time too because those you only need a small pour of those beers to really get the full experience and then if you're causing yourself bodily harm it's it's just not fun have you guys ever housed a 750 of a pastry stout 100%, by yourself 100 percent. wow you have yeah i'm i'm a little terrified of you now i've never done that a pastry stout <laughs> Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> a seven fifty? A seven fifty? Like how uh like yeah. The, like, like the big boy bottles? Like a grim double negative or something? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> In all honesty. Grim like, double negative is not a pastry stuff. Not a pastry stuff, but, but that, that size. size. Yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay, like an, an affogato. No, I couldn't well see here's the thing, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that with a beer like that. But I would do it with like like oh, the uh the quad the quadruple barreled Oh, you know, honestly, I could drink a bottle of that. Though. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there are certain ones that you. There's could certain ones that you're just like, yeah, I could get on board with this. It's and not crush. something. It's not something that I do regularly, and I haven't probably done it in like two years because I I try to save those beers for nights like this. But, like, if it's a good, if it tastes good. I no, mean, I hear you. It's it's from. I think I agree with you. I I don't think I ever have, but I agree with you in the sense where, if it tastes good, why not? Why not? I, I think it's just tough for me to find a pastry stout that I'm like, yeah, I want more than two ounces of this. Yeah, no, and, and that's definitely, I have not done it in a while. Like, now nowadays, I'm looking for beers like this. When they first came out, not going to lie, I like, I loved that sweet shit. Like, I could drink, and, and to be fair, like, for Prairie, their stouts, they come in the 12-ounce bottle. I could drink that. I could drink those easy. Uh... Not that I like wanted to or needed to, but like, yeah, I definitely couldn't do a 750 of Avogadro. I couldn't do a 750 of any of like the pastry stouts that came from Trillium. No, just their pastry all, stouts are all the lactose, so all the sweet. adjuncts, everything that goes in is just like way too much. I'd feel so sick. I can't do more than two. I, in all honesty, I think a lot of them, the taste is good, but I always go back to like if I want to, if I want to drink a beer that tastes like a Twix. I'm just going to eat a Twix. Yeah. yeah. Twix are so good. Twix are great. <laughs> and are you know, in all honesty, I haven't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I've had a Twix stout. And that's a little sad because. You want a Snickers? <laughs> a Snickers? What about a Kit Kat? How about a Reese's? I feel like is, these are just like, once we're on like our fifth beer, we're just going to start saying weird shit into hey, the Hey, that's, that's the plan. That's why I wanted it to be this way since the start. <laughs> uh, this is why we have a lineup of. 10 beers. Yeah, well, um, we have more to come. Uh, also, this is literally a halfway point. Can we? Yeah, no, it's a great... And this halfway point is brought to you by Harpoon... It's not actually <laughs> it's a sponsor. Not. It's not. Yeah, yeah. We it's are, brought to you by I shouldn't Pilsner. say that. Harpoon's not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> not a sponsor. No, but we want though. that... In all I honesty, wish they were. We should, the goal should be to get that marshmallow root as a sponsor to be like, your craft beer share is keeping you up at night time, marshmallow <laughs> root. <laughs> hey... It's great. Like, I, I believe it. Honestly, I take, like I take only half the dosage, uh, and I, I could I could take four of the capsules a day if I wanted to, but I don't. Uh, my that's a lot. My trick for making it through the night uh, after craft beer is, of course, a lot of water. That's a given. Um, a lot of weed. Little CBD oil. There you go. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, and. Um, you know, that's actually basically it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to set up this, like, day thing. Like, I set up a bath, and I put some Epsom salt in. There no, you. but uh, and I spent 25 A lot of electrolytes is a big one for me. 
just like any kind anything with like maybe not necessarily like a Gatorade but um, oh, I'll drink Gatorade you know I get these no but like I, I love Gatorade but you know this even is just like a section of the podcast where we talk about all the products we love yeah. <laughs> all the products we love uh, liquid IV <laughs> no I, I understand but, but these are the things that we have to do for beer shares and it's ironic yeah, like, no, we have like, to like prep our bodies we have yeah. to like have like a routine afterwards so that we wake up feeling okay like if I don't stay up a certain amount of time uh, trying to like rid this poison of my body uh, <laughs> then it'll just wake me up anyway so it's like yeah I'll crush a couple hours at Animal Crossing when I go home dig up some fossils we'll see what happens <laughs> <laughs> this is a good segue though because like this, I think what we're talking about is why we want to drink more beers like this uh, Harpoon Rec League. Like, we want more Pilsners yeah. that are crushable, uh, delicious, you uh, know are not going to keep you up at night. Uh, like, I want to do, I think we should try to plan a tasting of all Pilsners. Jesus fucking Christ, that's the perfect night. We, it, it yeah, would. it really is. It, it would be It would be amazing. Like, I mean, think of all the nights where you've drank, like, you know, like 20, 26 Miller Lights, and you were fine. Imagine doing that with beers that actually tasted halfway decent <laughs> and used hops uh it, it it still just blows <laughs> my mind that years ago we would have a beer share back at clay street drink easily 15 beers and then go out to the dive bar after oh my god how how did we do th- and and i don't know if it's it's probably because our young bodies us getting older but also craft beer changing Young supple bodies. Both. I think we it's had a, young supple bodies I think that could handle it. Yeah. Okay. We were actually smarter then. Like we like incorporated a meal like halfway through. Yeah. And then you could yeah, bounce meal. back. Little Caesars. <laughs> yeah, we incorporated a meal. Okay. Well, <laughs> not with that. But like at Clay Street, we would often get. Uh, we got the veggie pizza. Veggies. The veggies. <laughs> yeah, it had veggies. <laughs> it, it also had, had cream cheese. It had on giant it. dollops of cream cheese. Yeah, but in hindsight, for Tony, that probably made your your acid reflux way worse. I Tomato think about sauce that pizza. and cream and <laughs> sour cream. I think about that pizza a lot. <laughs> it's a very good. It pizza. sounds amazing. I don't. In I all think, honesty, I got it once with you guys. Uh, next year we might have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> they have really weird hours. I know. Hey, whatever. I, I'm I flexible. Do, I do like having. A good, <laughs> I like having a pizza for a beer share. It does. It helps. It makes it. Yeah. Putting something in is is a positive. But you know what's the worst though? Because we all love, at least I do, buffalo chicken pizza. Yeah. But you have a slice of buffalo chicken pizza. Completely and it just defeats the purpose. Ruins your palate. Yeah, you may as well just like crush Miller Lights. Yeah, you're you're gonna have which like I a, mean, why not? You're gonna have like a whale pastry stout after the. Buffalo chicken pizza. Yeah, right. It's just like, oh, I got this canteen, but first, let's have a <laughs> slice of buffalo chicken Papagino's rustic style pizza. Oh, oh god, so good. It is good. This is sponsored by Papagino. <laughs> not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Not sponsored. All Next right. Beer. Next beer. Next beer. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to the Canning Run Podcast. This is uh, part one of a two-part tasting, so come back next week for us talking about five more beers. Cheers. Cheers.